Hey sisters, on this episode of the Period Whisperer podcast, I'm going to share with you the seven pieces of your healthy hormone puzzle and how to know which is the piece that is going to bring your puzzle together. In other words, start to heal your body and get you back to a place where your body can exhale, heal, build back its energy stores and release unwanted weight. And did I mention even reverse the clock on your wrinkles? Most of the things you are feeling in your body during perimenopause and premenopause years are all attributed to hormonal imbalances, which are caused by too much stress in the body. Understanding your seven hormone puzzle pieces and how to begin to bring them into balance is the fastest and simplest way to start feeling like you again. Ready? Grab a pen and paper or the notes on your phone and let's go. What's up, sisters? Welcome to the Period Whisperer podcast. I'm Bria. I'm your host. If you're new, I'm so happy you are here. I'm your perimenopause and menopause sister, your holistic trainer, hormone specialist, translator of your female body. I'm a recovering people pleaser and hustle addict turned body whisperer and hormone decoder. And I am here to help you de-stress your body, decode what it is saying, become the CEO of it, and own your own health, energy, and weight loss again. This show is for you, the overwhelmed, overworked, underappreciated step woman who dreams of a body they feel strong, energetic, and sane in. The woman who knows that she shouldn't just wave the white aging flag and believes in a body and life of peace, love, and purpose. But you don't just know how to get there yet. So if you are stuck in your body, your energy, your life, you are in the right spot. Let's lean in and learn what our bodies are saying to us. Hey, I'm so happy you are here. You know, when I was planning this episode, I decided to share this topic because of the amazing messages I've been getting from so many of you. Again and again, I hear messages about those of you who, like me, were struggling with so many symptoms in their bodies. What started out as general fatigue and depletion deepened into frustration, weight gain, or stubborn weight into intensified PMS, mood swings, brain fog, cravings, low energy, digestive issues, sleep struggles, and so on. I mean, even my dentist started telling me for the first time in my life that I was grinding my teeth. And like me, you were being told that it is just a part of getting older. But as you've learned on this pod, the message I'm trying to spread far and wide, these symptoms are what our body is yelling at us after years of whispering when we didn't even know to listen. These symptoms are symptoms of hormone imbalances, which yes, are natural as we age and move into perimenopause and menopause, but are exacerbated by the added stress in our lives and on our bodies. Some of that stress, of course, we can't control, but some we absolutely can can and the sum we can come down to seven pieces of a puzzle these were the seven pieces that i started to dig into and work on that really made the impact for me in my body lowering the stress bringing my hormones back into balance and helping me thrive not just survive in my life again honestly i was truly feeling stuck in a groundhog day of exhaustion and frustration in my body add to that two years of covid and i was depressed and it was a story that I had begun to hear from so many of my clients, and now I'm starting to recognize that so many of you are familiar with. 
So here are the seven pieces of your perimenopause health struggle. And what I want is to tell you the pieces and then give you the guidelines around what you want to be aiming for as a baseline of health. We are only as healthy as our weakest piece of the puzzle. So if we can shift our focus from doing more and doing all the things to just bringing up our baseline overall by starting with the the one that we struggle with the most, our entire health can improve like a beautiful domino effect around us without taking so much effort. We don't always realize you know, how crummy we're feeling and the impact that has on our entire life, right? How hard it is to just do daily things when we're not feeling well. So let's focus on, let's learn these seven, understand what the baseline can be for us and pick the one that really, you know, is, is the one that kind of is that obstacle in the way, the one that really will make the biggest leap up for us. So we're not having to try to focus all of our energy on seven different things while we're focusing our energy on the 400 things on our to-do list. All right, so let's get to it. The very first piece of the puzzle, and I, I will say these are in no particular order, but I do think this one is pretty critical, of course, is sleep. Now, this is a big one because I know as... Uh, I know a couple things get into the way of our sleep, right? We ideally want to be sleeping seven to nine hours a night. And I think it's okay if if life is crazy or you have young kids and they're waking you up, if you can grab a nap or something around there to pad that, right? If you're having a, a weaker, if you're in that lower end of it. But we know for optimal digestion, to move out of fat storage and into fat burning, for optimal recovery and immune system, we really need to get to this seven to nine hours of sleep. And, you know, it's for two reasons, right? That that REM cycle, as well as that deep cycle, it's what it's what focuses and helps our brain and helps us, you know, also heal within the body. So for so many reasons, without diving into it, even further sleep is such a critical part but here's what I know is so hard for everyone or what what I hear from so many of you and my clients and me even if your kids aren't waking you up in the night you can also be reaching this point where maybe our hormones are the things that are that is waking us up of course and if if it's your hormones that are waking you up like you're waking up in the night with night sweats and all of these other things then you might actually find it's the other piece another piece in the puzzle that's causing the issue. But how we can protect our sleep is have this goal of seven to nine hours and and really protect our nighttime routine. I know as, as a busy mom, a lot of us really want to have some time for ourselves at night. So we stay up late scrolling or binge watching or doing whatever. Uh, and, and unfortunately, what what we're hoping is going to give us a little bit more personal time, we actually end up paying for in our energy and exhaustion the next day. So if you can get on top of prioritizing away from screens at night, you know, eating with with having a couple of hours to digest before you crawl into your bed and maybe open up a book instead of looking at screens, it can make a huge difference as you settle into this nighttime routine and make for a better quality sleep. But the goal here, that baseline we're working towards is seven to nine hours. So if you're someone who's struggling in the four to six hours, we want to take a holistic look at your sleep and say, hey, what can I do 
to start to improve this piece of the puzzle for me? Can I get to bed earlier? Can I tell the people in my life that this is really important to me? Can I prioritize this for three weeks just to see the difference it could make? Okay, the second piece of the puzzle is movement. And people get this really, you know, confused with fitness and working out. And I want to make it really clear that as much as I love fitness and working out personally, those are things that consciously add stress and it's normative stress, but stress to the body. Movement is a, is a normal part of life that we need to move in order to lower the stress in our body. So thinking, just making sure that you're not sitting at your desk all day, that you're actually getting an active walk out, functional movement, yoga, something that's releasing and expanding you and not adding that stress. I want you to think of your workout time to be a hobby, something that brings you joy, maybe falling into another piece, and I'll talk about that a little bit later. But for movement, we need to do 30 minutes to move a day. Conscious movement where we're walking, and it can be just a 10-minute walk after each of your meals. It can be a 30-minute walk any point in time in the day, but you need to make sure you're getting that movement in. And, And don't get me wrong. If you are, say, a nurse who's on your feet all day, you might get your movement in, and that's okay. That's great. That's enough. You don't have to do more than that. But if you're someone who sits at a desk all day long, and you're not getting that conscious movement in, it's such a critical part of lowering that stress in the body. All right, number three is micronutrients. And this is a big one because I want you to think of micronutrients as obviously like the vitamins and minerals that are really critical to the overall functionality and health of our entire cellular structure in the body. And it used to be that, you know, our soils and everything were rich with with minerals and vitamins. and, And it was rare that we had these deficiencies. But more and more we hear of people having, you know, magnesium deficiencies, zinc deficiencies, omega deficiencies, vitamin D deficiencies. We hear it all the time. And even if you're not testing that way, it's a really powerful thing to make sure that you're adding in some valuable micronutrients into your body every single day. For me, I love a greens drink first thing in the morning. It sort of sets that stage for my entire health for the day. And I do drink a micronutrient dense drink once a day as well. I will, I'll put in the show notes the two that I love, but I want you to consider making sure that you're filling in the gaps around so that part of your lethargy, part of your fatigue, part of your cravings aren't coming down to missing these micronutrients. All right, number four, puzzle piece number four is your microbiome, right? This is your digestion. It's in your gut. We know now that, you know, the that what goes on in our gut is just as impactful as what's going on in our brain. It runs our body so significantly. And, you know, even something as simple as a daily gut check of your of how you're feeling and just to kind of give you a clear baseline of what that would be. When we wake up in the morning, we should be able, unassisted by caffeine, we should be able to have some water and be having a good, healthy bowel movement within about an hour and a half of waking. If that isn't happening for you, then we need to shift our focus to our microbiome a little bit uh, and, and make sure we're getting in the things we need to foster that. Or it might be a perfect time for you to do, you know, a gut or hormone health protocol to help heal your gut and foster foster that. We want to get this baseline to a piece where frankly, we're pooping within the first hour and a half that we're waking up. 
again, unassisted by caffeine or something that's going to push it all through. Okay, exposure to toxins is puzzle piece number five. And I think a good thing to look at, you know, we want to remember that our skin is not only our largest, but our most porous organ. And it is, it is, openly exposed to everything around us, right? The environment, to, you know, the lotions we put on it, the perfumes and the air fresheners in the air, to all the cleaning products all around us. So if if you feel a little bit like this is something that you have never put any effort or energy into, it might be a really great time for you to take a look at the products that you use, the products you put on your hair, your skin, your clothes, that you wash your clothes in and that you clean your house in, and try to shift more more towards even just an 80-20 balance of things that are toxin-free. And there's so many amazing things out on the market right now, but you're just trying to shift to something that is green, that's maybe healthy for the environment and healthy for your body. Okay, the sixth one, of course, is food. And then I know that this is such a big one, right? What is the right way to eat? What is the best way to eat? And again, what we're looking for here is a baseline. Before you go diving into any new way of eating, it's really important to make sure that you're eating first in a balanced way for hormonal health. Because one of the fastest ways to throw off our hormones is improperly managed or mismanaged blood sugar. So we're not eating in regular intervals or we're eating too much all the time. So we're not having that time in between for our body to properly digest and rest and focus on other things. So a really good baseline for this is, are you eating three or to four meals a day? Like that is it. And are you having vegetables at each one of those meals? Okay, we want to make sure that we're going, you know, three or four hours between our meals to get that break in there. But we still need to have these three balanced meals. When you create that as a baseline and you're having some good quality vegetables or micronutrients at each one of your meals and you've done that for three weeks or so, then you can take a look at deciding to try you know, a new way of eating if you want. But we want to make sure these basics and these foundations are in here for us, that we're not waking up and chugging caffeine to start our day, that we are waking up, getting some hydration, getting some greens, having that bowel movement, and making sure we're having a proper fat, breaking of our fast in a breakfast that includes micronutrients and proteins and fats and carbohydrates and all the things that we need. Okay, and the last piece of the puzzle is stress management. And I, call, I like to call this like the joy pillar. And a really good thing to ask yourself here is when was the last time I laughed so hard that I cried? Or when was the last time I did something in joy just for me? I know we all get joy out of our children. We get joy um, in many different aspects of our life, but I, I want this to be a really self-focused piece of the puzzle for you. Stress management is such a critical part of us keeping our body in homeostasis, which is what's required for our, our happy hormones, right? We're kind of battling this hormonal imbalance once we hit the perimenopause years at 35. So we know that sleep and joy, like literal laughter and fun and endorphins are the things that reduce the cortisol and the stress in the body. So we want to make sure that we're 
prioritizing often, as often as you can, daily if you can, but at least a couple times a week, something that is purely bringing you joy. So if this is the missing piece of the puzzle for you, you might want to think about what were the hobbies that you loved that did bring you joy and laughter? What are the things, and and by things, I mean, yes, it's really fun to have a girls' night and have cocktails with your friends, but like, what is something you can do for you that fills you up but isn't adding any stress to your body through a consumption of some type of toxin? Again, I'm all for a good girls' night out, um, drinking and dancing for sure, But it's really important to have a hobby or something that just makes you feel so good. And maybe that is just leaning into a great fiction novel. You know, maybe that is, you know, taking a fun new class or learning something new. Or maybe that is going to a great workout class. This is the time where fitness comes into our stress management. If you're doing it for joy, because it literally is something you're excited to do and you find so fun, then it can be falling into this stress management piece. So I really challenge you in this piece that your base foundation here should be three to four times a week. You're doing something in joy for you, guilt free. And just to drive this point home, we see, you know, in the holistic health industry, we have something called primary food. And it's it's this understanding that there's secondary food, which is the food on our plate. But primary food is made up of connection and purpose and, you know, the things in life, that je ne sais quoi of life that, you know, really fulfills us and and distracts us from the the food and the addictions of other things. Like, what are the things that fill you up? Um, And for some people, it might be spirituality. It can be many different things. But what we know is that when we look across the blue zones of earth, like the areas of the world where people live the longest and most fulfilling lives, we know that they can have mediocre nutrition diets, but if their primary food is something they are rich in, again, in that, in the connection, in the depth, in the purpose, in the spirituality, if that piece is rich, it overshadows the imperfections of what is actually on our plate. And then of course the opposite is true. If your primary food is low and your secondary food is quote unquote perfect, and I say that because I don't really know what that is, but even, you know, if, you, if, you, if you're following a nutrition plan perfectly, but your primary food is low, you can still be an extremely unhealthy person. Like that connection to life, to source, to yourself, to people is such a critical part to purpose, I guess, is such a critical part to the stress management of our lives. Okay, so those are our seven pieces of the puzzle. And here's my challenge for you today, or my task if you really want to be leveling up and focusing on balancing your hormones yourself. Go back over these seven pieces. Rate yourself in each one of them and choose the one that is that you are like the lowest in. Um, and start here. Once you isolate the one that you are, you know, is is really your weakest point, like rate them one out of seven, right? Seven being the worst, one being the best, and pick the one that you feel the lowest in, the lackest in, the one you're struggling with the most. I realize lackest is not a word, but we're just going to keep this in here because that's how I roll. You know, so again, just to outline those one more time, sleep, movement, micronutrients, microbiome, 
environmental toxins, food, and stress, okay? So make take this with you rate yourself there. Let me know what your weakest one is and I will make some stories to give you tips on how to help that. Tag me in it, call me out, send me a DM and if there is anything else I can help you with, let me know. But just know that when you focus on that weakest link, it it helps you one, stay focused. You're not scattered all over a whole bunch of them, but the best part of it is that it levels up all of you and they're tied together, your health, right? Our entire being is tied together. So when you improve on one, then you can then grab the next one, but our whole health will start to get better and better when you do that. Okay, you guys, thank you so much. And remember, if you're looking for more clear direction on this, you can always reach out to me directly. You can learn more about my next gut and health hormone protocol that'll be starting later this month. Um, And I will put all the links in the show show notes for you. And just don't forget, we wanna shift our focus from weight loss to life gain. Have an incredible day. We'll see you next time. Thank you so much for joining me on the Period Whisperer podcast. I want to encourage you to reach out to me directly and message me if there are topics or things you're struggling with so we can address those right where you are at. And of course, if you loved this episode, if you learned something, make sure to share it with your friends and please rate and review it wherever you get your podcasts.